Hey everyone and welcome to the year was the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host Michael Montalvo and for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode we examine the events that occurred July 27th. First things first, this month has been dark in terms of its episodic content, what with the multiple fires and all. It was advised to me that I should consider producing a topic that goes back to a more innocent theme, and reluctantly, I agreed. But which topic to choose? Ultimately, I decided on a few, and as such, this will be a multiple topic episode. To begin with the first topic, let's look at the one and only Bugs Bunny. Interesting side note, Bugs Bunny's real name is Bugsagar Bunnigan, but obviously he goes by Bugs Bunny. That's not actually true, I just wanted to make a joke. Bugs Bunny began his life in a Porky Pig short titled Porky's Hare Hunt 1938, in which the Bugs prototype, Happy Rabbit, is hunted by Porky Pig, to mixed results. It's typical Bugs Bunny where there is a fight between the two with the ultimate ending being that the rabbit outsmarts the hunter and declares victory. A real interesting side note here is that the director of the short is actually named Ben Hardaway who went by the nickname Bugs. In fact Bugs would actually get his name when one of Hardaway's co-workers who may or may not have been Porky's Hare Hunt co-director Cal Dalton I couldn't find out to be sure, labeled the drawing of the rabbit Bugs's Bunny. The rabbit character began to change over time in shorts made by Chuck Jones and starring alongside Daffy Duck until... The year was 1940, and on this day, July 27th, a wild hare, considered to be the first official Bugs Bunny cartoon, was released. While not the Bugs Bunny we know today, this design more closely resembles what would eventually be his final design. The short was directed by Tex Avery and featured the voice talents of Mel Blanc, who uttered the classic line of, eh, what's up doc, for the first time in this cartoon. Bugs was and has continued to be a Brooklyn bunny who was quick-witted, outspoken, and a practical joker often outsmarting the hunters and opponents that come his way, using a series of pranks that surprisingly do not come from Joe, Murr, Sal, or Q. The cool-headed Bugs is the complete opposite of the often hot-headed Elmer Fudd or Daffy Duck, which would often be highlighted to emphasize the contrast between the two. Original Bugs Bunny comic book artist and writer Chase Craig would claim that Bugs was not the work of any one man, but was more of a representation of the creative talents of five to six directors and many cartoon writers. Over the next 82 years, Bugs would star in shorts, films, even working with Disney, and commercials, Nike's Air Jordan. He continues to work to this day, but it all started in 1940. Cool story, isn't it? Let's look at another one. To tell our story, let's look at the human body. Not like that. Don't be weird. Inside of our bodies, there works a mysterious and unknown organ. 
It's unknown because no one knows what it is, where it is, or what it does. Seriously, ask someone right now and they won't know what to tell you. I am speaking, of course, of the pancreas. Actually, you know what? Weird Al wrote a song about it, so a lot more people might actually know about it. As we know, the pancreas is located in the back of the abdomen and is responsible for the release of enzymes and hormones that help with digestion and control blood sugar levels. These hormones are, of course, insulin, which reduces the blood sugar levels, and glucagon, which increases blood sugar levels. So, why am I talking about this? Well, the year was 1921, and on this day, July 27th, Dr. Frederick Banting and medical student Charles Best successfully isolated insulin for the first time. Research was done on dogs at the University of Toronto in Canada. The research involved may be a bit upsetting to some, but for the sake of accuracy, Banting took dogs and tied up the pancreatic ducts until the cells that produced the enzymes degenerated, leaving behind smaller, sturdier cells to be extracted later. Here's where it gets a little bit confusing. In the article I read, it says that they actually took the degenerated, dried-up pancreas, ground it up into a paste, filtered it, then warmed it to room temperature before injecting it into the dog, resulting in the blood sugar drop. According to Medical News Today, it was done this way because Banting hypothesized that the reason for the failure of the previous attempts to isolate insulin was due to the fact that the digestive enzymes destroyed it before it could be extracted. So, now having extracted the insulin, the pair would induce diabetic symptoms in the dogs before administering the insulin to normalize their blood sugar levels. These experiments were a success, and after sharing their findings, plans began to begin human testing. Insulin was extracted from the pancreases, the pancreae, the pancreases, of cows in the slaughterhouse, and on January 11, 1922, a 14-year-old boy became the first person to receive insulin treatment for diabetes. The boy, Leonard Thompson, had an allergic reaction. The process was refined, and 12 days later, a successful shot of insulin was administered, and diabetes became a manageable disease. Banting was nominated, along with Rickard McLeod, the head of physiology at the university, for a Nobel Prize, but Best was left out. This infuriated Banting, but after being awarded the prize, he shared credit and the prize money with Best. It wouldn't be until 1941 that the Nobel Prize would publicly acknowledge the work Best did alongside Banting. Here's a fun fact for you. Banting was the first Nobel nominee from Canada, and as a result, a bottle of insulin is located on Canada's $100 bill. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.